0: Hello, and welcome to the House of Legends, where you can hear world myths and legends told by a professional storyteller. I'm your host, Daniel Allison, and this is episode 16, where music comes from. Where I'm coming from is Uluwatu in Bali. I've been here for about five days now. I was in Cambodia last week, and that's when you got the episode uh, with Charlotte Elizabeth, who was telling the Vietnamese story, which was amazing. I decided this week I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to tell you a story I've never told before. And this is something I normally do uh, with school classes, actually, even for stories that we would mostly tell with adults. Um, because you can really, it's not like a formal setting when you're in a school. You're telling a story to the kids. You can go slowly. It's okay to kind of to make mistakes and to ask them questions and not be sure about everything. And, and that's a great way for me to develop things. But I think it's really important as an artist and in life to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, uh, get uncomfortable, try something new, and that's, that's where you grow. So I'm going to challenge myself uh, to tell you a story, which I've read through in a book two or three times. Um, I haven't taken any notes on, I've just thought a little bit about, and that I really loved. So the story is, is one I call where music comes from. And it comes from a book called Celtic Sea Stories by George McPherson. George is a pretty famous character in the storytelling world. He's the last uh, traditional clan Senecae or clan storyteller uh, in Scotland. He's from the island of Skye and his uh, grandfather and grandfather's grandfather and so on were Seneces, were storytellers in Skye. And they kind of serve the whole Skye, Arden-American area. And I'm probably getting something wrong there. Sorry, George. Um, but George is an incredible repository of uh, folk knowledge, of stories, knowledge about the sky and the surrounding areas, and he's put a number of books out, which I'd really recommend checking out if you're keen to go further with this stuff. And this is the, the first story in his Celtic Sea Stories collection, and I just loved it and had to tell it. So hope I'm not going to mess it up too much. Let's see how it goes. This is where music comes from. Long ago, on the island of Skye, in an area in the west that is now called Glendale, there lived a woman and her son. Because it was just the two of them, you're probably thinking, I hope that boy was a good hard-working lad, but you'd be wrong. He wasn't. It wasn't that he was ill-intentioned or lazy particularly, but he was a dreamer and he just could not focus on what was in front of him. He'd get sent out to look after the sheep or the goats or the crops or to go fishing, but it just wouldn't happen. He'd find himself staring out to sea, caught by the music of the waves. He'd find himself staring up at the moon, wondering what men walked upon it. And this was the way with him every day. And it frustrated his mother because it was hard living there and Not enough work meant not enough food, but even though they were hungry sometimes, he wouldn't change his ways. Now, it happened once that he was down walking along the beach when he saw something coming and washed in by the tide, and this certainly wasn't unusual in Skye, because Skye lies off the west coast of Scotland. There, of course, you've got the whole of the Atlantic moving things in up towards the coast. So you get a lot of driftwood and other things sometimes. And what was this? Was it wood? It was, it was, there was wood in it, but it was something else. He waded into the water and he fished this thing out. And it was an object he'd never seen before. It was a kind of triangle made of wood, polished carved wood, and there were strings, tight strings leading from one side of the triangle to the opposite side and He plucked these strings and deen, they made a sound, each of them each of them made a different sound, and they're in a kind of order from low to high. From high to low, ding dong ding 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 And oh, he was, he was entranced by this thing. And he, he waded out and he stood there on the beach, ting and ting and pinging away on this thing. And then he just had to go and show his mother. So he running to the house and in he went. And there was his mother sat there by the fire amongst the thick smoke of the peat. And he said, mother, look at this, look at this. And he knelt down beside her, and he plucked at it. And he plucked at it again and again, and his his mother watched him. And she she really didn't know what to make of this. You see, there was no music in the world at this time. None at all. So, she didn't know that this was some instrument of some kind, but... She knew her son, and she could see how fascinated he was by this thing, but also how frustrated. Because he was making sounds from it, and he he was happy about that, he was excited by it, but he was trying to do something else. She could see that he was trying to put these sounds in a kind of order and trying to get just the right sounds, but he couldn't manage it. she went away to cook the tea and she came back when it was ready and he was still sat there with it and he he wouldn't eat he just still sat there playing with it and all that evening as she got on with her work she'd watch him and he was still sat there playing away more and more enraptured yet more and more frustrated all the time and this went on and on and on and he, he worked even less than before Yet, she, she wasn't angry with him over this thing. She knew there was something to this. So, she went. She went to ask a local wise woman what could be done. So, through the glen and over the hill she went until she came to this woman's house. And she told her the whole story. And the wise woman said, I think you need to get rid of that thing. I don't know what it is, but I know if I know anything, that that came from the fairies, the sea fairies. And gifts from them, they often, often, often turn out ill. And it sounds like that's, what can, that's what's going to happen here. So get rid of it, take it from him, burn it if you have to. And the mother, she, she thanked the woman for her advice and she knew the woman knew what she was talking about so she gave her something and away she went but she couldn't do that. She couldn't do that. She couldn't take this thing away from her son. She felt like he was going to die if she did that. So she went to see another wise woman one that lived a bit further away and she said the same thing really. And she went to see another and she said the same thing and she went to see another and she said the same thing and meanwhile, her son, he was eating even less than ever before, working even less than ever before. And she thought, well, maybe, maybe if we can fix things here, then he'll it'll be like, he's, he's, you know, he's solved, the, solved the riddle and he can just play with this thing a while, this, this music thing, and get back to work. So, eventually, she went to see a wise man. But this was a man that not many folk went to see. He didn't have a good reputation. But she was desperate. So, over the hills she went, and dark looks she was given when she asked directions to his door. But eventually, she made it to his wee stone cottage. As the rain poured down, she knocked on his door he opened it and told her to come in she told her story and he said well I can fix this for you I can fix this for you but what will you give for me and she said well I can I can bring you food I can work harder and bring you food And he said, no, not good enough. And she said, well, I can can come and work for you. And he said, no, not nearly good enough. Well, what about me then, she said. I'll give you me. (laughs) Tempting, he said, looking at the old woman. But no. And she said, well, then, what do you want? "'I want your soul,' said the man. "'Give me your soul, "'and your son will be able to play that thing, "'which is the clarsa, "'the music, "'the instrument of the fairies. "'Your son will be able to play that "'as well as his heart could ever desire.'" And the mother Because she was so desperate and because she loved her son so much. She agreed. And she turned and she walked. And she walked home and when she got home. She found her son. Sat there on a stone. Looking out to the sea where the waves were dancing. And he was playing. And he was playing. And she knew... And the sounds filled the air, the way his fingers danced upon the strings and the smile on his face, she knew he was playing the music in his heart. He was playing the waves, he looked at her and he was playing her. And As he looked at her and played her, a new tone entered the music. And he carried on playing, but more softly, and he said, Mother, as he played, what's wrong? And she said, don't worry, son, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong, I'm glad to see you're getting on a bit better there. And he smiled, and he turned away, back to the water, and he went on playing. And he went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And And he did take breaks, and he did spend more time looking after himself and looking after his mother. But, well, he he had to. Because ever since that day where she came back, the day that he'd found his music and discovered how to really play the Klaar ever since then his mother had been different, slower, quieter. She didn't trouble herself to say the things she would have said before. She did her work, but she did nothing else. She just sat there staring into the fire, and if there was no fire, she sat there staring into the ashes. up, Mother, I'll play a tune for you, he would say. He'd play for her, and she'd smile a little, but it wasn't working. And eventually, he managed to get the truth out of her. She told him what she'd done, what she'd given for him. And the only thing he could do was to play. He played his sadness, his grief. And his mother, she only ever grew quieter and slower. Eventually, he was doing everything for her, and eventually, she died, and he was left alone. And he played, and he played, and played as much as he possibly could. But that music he played at first, was nothing but joy, the wonders of the world, the dancing waves. The moon and the grass and the sun and the sea. The music was never like that again. There was happiness in it, yes. But there's always sadness too. For that sadness, of course, could never leave him. And so it is. Whenever anyone plays the and if you've heard it, you'll know that. You'll know that even in the most beautiful music, there's always sadness. If you haven't heard it, make sure to go out and do so. And that's the story I got from George Macpherson, a story from the Isle of Skye in Scotland, where music comes from. So that's our story from this week. Hope you enjoyed it. It was really good for me to just uh, challenge myself there and tell that story without having taken any notes or practiced it or anything. Um, I really enjoy doing that because it's the best way to explore a story, I think, is actually just to tell it around through to do any kind of preparatory work. And it is such a good thing always to step outside your comfort zone in that way. So I hope that provides you with a little inspiration to step outside your comfort zone in some way this week. I think it's his mother that I love in that story. It's the image of her just kind of slowing down as time goes on where they're together. And the story and the way I read it, it's, you get, it's more that she, she, her soul goes when she dies. But I preferred this idea of it kind of gradually fading away and then living with her and living with the knowledge of what he's done. And then having to respond to that. So that's all for this week. And I hope you don't mind the sound of the rain pouring down. It's very rainy here in Bali today. But I really liked it. I thought it was pretty suitable for a sky story. See you soon.